God, thank you so much for what you're doing here at Rocky Peak, what you're doing in each of our lives. God, just the, the way your Spirit's moving through our congregation, waking us up, calling us by name, taking us to a deeper level of relationship with you, releasing us, unleashing us to be this movement of passionate Christ followers. And God, we, we just know that every week is another step in that adventure. And today is a very important step as we talk about the future of our campus and what it looks like to create a destination place that helps unleash this movement. And so we pray, Lord, that you'd give us eyes to see, ears to hear. You'd speak to us by name, uh, direct our thoughts, come and be with us. May we have a time of encounter with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, our story starts today, uh, let's see, uh, about 535 years before the time of Christ. Uh, let's go back to 535 B.C. And uh, it's a great story, but it's a sad story. Uh, it starts like this, that the nation of Israel has been away in Babylon, in exile from their homeland for, for 70 years. And God has now brought them back just like he promised he would. And, uh, and it's amazing, uh, unheard of in history for a nation to be destroyed and then to return to their homeland. It's just like, it just never happens. And, and so th- this is what was happening. It was an exciting time. They couldn't believe it. The prophecies of Jeremiah were being fulfilled right in front of their eyes. And they were so excited. And they wanted to seek God. Never wanted to make the mistake again of not putting him first. And they wanted to seek God. And they knew that the First step was to create a destination place, a spiritual destination place, a place to come to meet with God, connect with one another to seek him, to rebuild the temple that had been totally destroyed when they had been taken away from their homeland. And so, and so when they first got back in the land, it was so clear. They, they, they took the big offering, and people gave. The thermometer on the wall for the fun charge just went crazy, you know. And, and people gave, and, and they ordered the supplies, and seven months later, the supplies came in, and they huge, uh, uh, kind of a groundbreaking, uh, laid the foundation, big celebration. It's exciting times, and they're creating this destination place to meet with God. And, and this is when the story gets really sad. Because all of a sudden, they, they got distracted. There was some opposition from enemies in the land. There was, they started working on their own homes. They wanted to make them nice. You know, they're just moving back. They wanted to make some nice homes. And they got distracted, and all of a sudden, they looked up. It's 15 years later. And that temple still lay in ruins. And, uh, and their life was in ruins as well. Well, today we're continuing this series that we've been in now for the last couple months. You know, we're, we're getting to the end of it. You know, the next week is the final week of this series. And uh, we've got a very special week planned. I'll tell you more about that at the end of the service. But, um, but anyway, if, you, if, you've, if you're brand new today, this is a series, it's called The Movement at Rocky Peak. It's a series about our vision, our values, and our strategies that we believe God's given us to lead us into our future. And every week in this series, what we do is we step back, both for us to review it, but also for those of you who are new, just to bring you up to speed, and kind of go over this new vision statement. And it's there on the front of your note sheet. And it's pretty simple. It goes like this, that our vision is to unleash a movement of passionate Christ followers. We're doing four things. Number one, we're, we're loving God, right, that we're we're pursuing him, we're pursuing God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, that we want to know him, please him, experience him, hear his voice, follow him. Right? That's who we are as a church. Number two, we're going to be loving people uh, in the radical ways that he's loved us, inside the movement, outside the movement. We're just going to love people uh, indiscriminately, uh, kind of extravagantly. Uh, next, we're going to be serving sacrificially, our time, our gifts, our resources to make the world a better place, to serve the 
the movement itself, to advance the cause of Jesus. And then number four, we're going to be sharing Christ. That once we become a follower of Jesus, we become a part of his movement. We all have a responsibility to, to share the message of Jesus and to help those who don't know to at least hear so they can have a choice whether to follow or not. Now, if you were here uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about this fourth priority of sharing Christ. And we talked about our strategies uh, for, for doing that. And that's really our topic today, to take that kind of next level. If you are here two weeks ago, you remember we said we have three primary strategies to share Christ. Number one is to grow in our own lives. Do you remember that? That we said that no one's going to want to know Jesus unless we're passionately following and being transformed to the inside out. And so, so our first responsibility is just to grow and to run hard after him. And, and if we do that, then it leads to our second strategy, which is to share. We talked about this, that people will come and, th- and they'll want to know. And uh, they'll just want to know more of what's going on in our life. Why do we do this? Why is this so important? Whatever. We'll have a chance to share. Just honestly, very real, not slick presentation, just honest conversation with friends that we've come to build. And then number three, we said the third strategy was to invite. That we live in a world of, uh, there's a lot of misconceptions about what it means to be a Christ follower, what it means to be part of a church or who Jesus is. And that one of the best ways to break through those misconceptions is just to bring them here. That they come in, this is not what you expect, right? It's not the worship you expect, not the music you expect. It's not the look you expect. The people are just, everything's different. All of a sudden, as we break through these misconceptions, people can now have a, like, well, hey, maybe I've misunderstood Jesus, too. It was so cool. Maybe we, we call this invest and invite. We invest in relationships, and then when the time's right, we just invite, hey, just come and see. It was so great. Last night, we did one of our, our welcome desserts that we do once or twice a month, and uh, the last two weeks, we've done one on a Saturday night for brand new people. And it's just so cool because uh, last night, there was 13 people. There was kind of smaller than normal. There was kind of 13 people there. And six of the people, when you went around the circle, now, how did you first hear about Rocky Peak? Why did you come? Six of those people told about a, someone at Rocky Peaks that said, invited them. Just, hey, why don't you come and see? Just come and see. Is it, and so you see it's working. You know, it's just like the strategy is working. Well, today I want to talk about a fourth step in that strategy that we, I kind of hinted at the last time we talked on this two weeks ago. But very important, and, this, and, the, and the fourth step is what I'm calling creating a destination place. And so I guess that, that you know, first of all, raises the question, well, what's a destination place? So if, you, so if you turn your note sheet over, open it up to the inside, you see a, a section that says destination place, what's it look like? And I, I think we're kind of clear on this. There's certain places in our culture today, if you stop and think of, that are destination places. They, they just draw people. They're where people uh, want to hang out. Um, I, I don't know if you've heard this term, but arco- uh, uh, architects, sociologists call these places third places. Uh, have any of you heard that term, third places? Kind of a new term. So the idea is we have our first place, which is our homes. We have a second place, which is our job. But we need a third place, a place in our culture to connect, a place to have community, a place to meet, whatever. And so these places are like third place, places we go that just start draw us, that just kind of hang out there, to meet with our friends there, to establish relationships. Now, when I say uh, a, a third place or I say destination place, what comes to your mind? Like, what is there any, any places you think of in our culture that would be like uh, destination places like that? Yeah, right, Starbucks. There you go. You are well indoctrinated. You are well indoctrinated, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the number one destination place in our culture is Starbucks. Uh, uh, there's many others. It doesn't have to be. Uh, it could be bookstores like, uh, you think, Borders, right? Uh, uh, what's that? What? Facebook, yeah, okay, great. Yeah, Facebook, it's almost like a virtual uh, destination place, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 
And so, uh, but, you know, you think of like a Borders or Barnes & Noble. You know, you, you think of uh, a shopping centers. For those of you who live uh, in the 805, uh, we have a place over there called Simi Town Center. Most of you probably never heard of it. But uh, it's, uh, it's a great destination space, new mall area. Uh, for those of you who live in the 818, you know, you've got Universal City Walk, right? Or you've got, if you go down to Santa Monica, like the uh, 3rd Street Promenade. These are, you, you know, you, are you getting the idea of a, a destination? They just draw people. There's something about them. And so here, here's, the, here's what I'm going to say to you is that I believe the next step in our movement, one of the next steps in unleashing a movement here, is I believe God's calling us to create a destination place here at Rocky Peak, a, peak that, a place that will draw people to be a third place uh, just by the very nature of what's happening here. Now, uh, what I want to talk about today is what does it look like to create a destination place? What does that take? And so if you look there on your note sheet, you have a section called the destination place. What's it take? And I want to talk to you about three components, all right, three ingredients that, that, it, that it takes. And I think we talked through this. So I think it will be fairly, you know, fairly obvious, like, well, yeah, that's what it, what it is. So number one, uh, first thing it's going to take is the place, you know, obviously, right? You know, destination place, you need a place. Uh, and, and this is just uh, the physical place, the physical space, uh, the look and feel. Um, you stop and think, there's a reason why we will drive by three McDonald's, one Denny's, and a Burger King to go to a Starbucks, right? Uh, and it has to do with the whole look and feel of the place, right, that they put a lot of thought into this. Uh, what, what does it look like to, to create a space where the space, the colors, the lighting, the furniture, the aromas, uh, uh, just the, the, the music, right? Everything about it creates this, this ethos, this space that draws us there. Same with the Barnes and Noble. Why would you go buy two libraries and three Walmarts to buy the same book at Borders, right? There's something about, and, and, and I really believe this, that God has created us as human beings with a love for beauty, right, a love for space. There's certain things that draws us to certain spaces. And all these stores have done is they've kind of identified for our culture and our time, what are those components that draw us, that, that create a place. They say, yes, we want to be here. I, I could have a cup of coffee with my friend anywhere, but I want to meet with them at Starbucks. Why is that? You know, you could go read a book anywhere or pick up, but why do I want to browse at Borders? And they've just kind of identified some of these ways that God's wired us in, the, in, in terms of in our culture of, of what draws us to a place. Now, uh, here's the thing, is that I believe God's calling us to, to, uh, to create a space here to turn our campus into one of these destination places. Now, uh, if you haven't noticed, for us to do that, we've got some work to do, right? Uh, the word uh, extreme makeover is uh, what comes to my mind. And this is so funny because, you know, I've been talking about a destination place for, what, four years now, three years now, just a little bits here and there. Um, and it's funny as I've talked to different people, the responses, some people get this right away, like, oh, I get that. I can see it. This would be powerful, you know, a place to draw the community. I can kind of see it out here, a park in the middle of our, you know, just let this be awesome. And there's other people that go, well, I don't get it. Like, what's wrong with our place? I think our place is fine. And it's really funny because to me it's a lot like living in your home over time. Like, let me give you an illustration. Like uh, before Lynn and I moved up here four years ago, we lived in North San Diego County. And we had our home down there. And I remember one year it, we had this big raid. And, and our, our, uh, loof, our, our roof leaked. And so in our dining room, 
there's this big water spot on the ceiling, maybe about this big. You know, it's like two feet, a couple feet, big, you know, discolored water spot. And it looked horrible. And so when it, when it happened, it was like, oh, it looks horrible. We got to get that thing fixed. And, uh, but I didn't know how to fix it, you know, because we had that cottage cheese kind of ceiling. And, you know, if you, like, you paint it, then you have one white spot and the rest looks dingy, you know. And so then the next step is scrape the whole house. It's like, I don't think so. And the next thing was hire someone to scrape the whole house. Not too expensive. And so month after month, you just put it off. And pretty soon, you don't even notice the brown spot anymore. <laughs> right? Now, this is an excellent technique to avoid remodeling, you see. And, and this happens to us, doesn't it? It happens in your house. And so everyone else would walk into my house. The rest of the house looks nice. And it's like, what's with the spot, man? It's like, what spot? You know? And the thing is, when you're in a place for a long time, and especially if you love the place, like we love this place, and this is the place where God meets us, right? This is the place where God shows up, and our lives are changed, and so we love this place. It's our home, you know? What do you mean spot? You know, I don't see a spot. And, but it's funny. You look around, you, you drive in the old signs that were from the 1930s, you know, we got, you know, it's like, you know, brown. When was the last time brown was in? You know, like, uh, you, you, you drive in, you have chain link fence, it's all, you know, beat up. You, you come in, you know, it's just... You know, thing after thing, uh, uh, you know, you go through uh, uh, ceiling tile stained. And, you know, car- have you noticed carpet in here? It's like, just, please don't look now. It'll ruin the rest of the sermon. But, you know, la- last week, it was, it was a couple weeks ago, J.D., our worship pastor, his son is Colin, three or four years old. And he's got this new, Colin got this new little golf set, little play plastic golf set. And so he brings it into his dad about 5 o'clock one night. Dad, I want to play, you know, right now, right here. And so... I leave, go home. Next day, J.D. tells me that they broke that thing out, and they started putting down the hallway of our office, you know, and uh, then putting down the stairs, down there, and putting into the large auditorium. And there's no chairs here that day. And, uh, and so these, they, they play like 18 holes, you know, of golf, uh, just going from one stain to the next. It was like, hey, Dad, there's a hole. Yeah, there's a hole. Great. Boom. You know, there's another hole right here. You know, it's like, this is great. And you can have your own little course, miniature golf course, right here. Uh, in the deal. And it's funny, you know, uh, but what we don't see, you know, we just get used to it and how different it is for, for like a newcomer and, and, and the impression. And see, here's the thing. One of our core values is relevance, right? That we're going to relate to the culture and we're going to share the messages in a fresh and compelling way. But what's happened over time is that our insides of who we are and our outsides aren't matching. We're not given the same message. Um, let, let me give you just an illustration how powerful this can be. We had, uh, back in, uh, in February, we had a, a youth pastor and his wife candidate for a high school position. And uh, we came, this sharp couple, it uh, didn't work out for a couple reasons, but they're a sh- very sharp couple. He was 31, she was 29, had four kids under the age of seven. And they, uh, and that's why it didn't work out. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, they were just uh, sharp people, had been in big churches, uh, excellent programs, and very church savvy, very church savvy. I mean, they, they knew great churches. They'd been to great churches, and they knew what great churches were. And so they were really excited about possibly coming here. We talked to them hours on the phone, talked vision, talked uh, values, talked where we're going as a church. Man, they were fired up. They couldn't wait to get here and see this campus and see what we're about, you know. And so they, they came in, and, uh, and it was funny because they came to that first service, and it was a week we were talking about core value uh, number two, authenticity. And uh, we had the white couch videos going and different things. And, and they just, man, they just love, they love the worship. And they love the teaching. And they love the video. And they're like, man, this place is amazing. Um, and so uh, not too long after that, Lynn and I went out to dinner at Macaroni Grill. And 
and we began to talk about the campus. And they said, can we, can we be honest with you? Um, no, we don't really. We just talk about authenticity. We don't really, you know. And they said, can we tell you our first impressions of the campus? And I, I oh, here it comes. And they said, you know, it's just so weird. We were talking with you on the phone all these hours and hours, getting a sense of who you were as a church and, you know, talking to Dave Cox and different ones. And, and, and we were just so excited about this church, the vision, the values, this, this church that wanted to follow Jesus passionately but in a relevant way that connect with the culture and change the culture. And we were so excited about that. And then we drove on campus. And we wondered if we were at the wrong place. It was like this place looked, it looked run down. It looked like an old school that hadn't been taken care of. Just everything about it. We began to wonder. We'd flown all the way from Oregon and think of moving our family here. It's like raise our kids in a place that's loving Jesus in a relevant, powerful way. And we're, we were just like shocked. And they said that weekend we came into this service, and it was unbelievable. It was one of the coolest services we'd ever been to in our lives. And we'd been to these amazing churches. And what was beautiful here was it not just was it powerful, not just was it relevant, but the intergenerational mix of Rocky Peak. I mean, usually this kind of church, this kind of relevance, this kind of powerful, it's going to be all church of 20-somethings. I mean, this is powerful what you've got going here. We want to be a part of this thing. But it was like when we drove up, it was like the inside of your church and the outside of your church don't match. And I was like, you are so dead on, right? You're so dead on. And so we talked about that. And so we believe that God is calling us to take this place and to create a destination place where the inside and the outside match. And we believe it's kind of the, one, the, kind of the next step. And the, just imagine the potential. Imagine the potential of a young couple coming up, non-church people, and uh, taking their kids to children's space that's truly designed as a children's destination place. Imagine the potential uh, of uh, a high schooler coming into a youth center that's designed for youth. It's really designed for youth. Imagine the potential of coming into this place, new look, a new feel, where the the, the colors, the ambiance, everything says the same as our message, where the, where the message on the inside and the outside are the same. Now, it's funny. This is what I'm sharing is I believe the time has come for this. Um, you know, when I first came to Rocky Peak, one of the questions that I was always asked by, by people here, when I, you know, first few months I was here, first years, hey, what's your vision for the church? What's your vision? And, uh, and, and it's funny because... Uh, more times than not, when I'd share it, they're going to like, uh, bummer. <laughs> you know? Because what they wanted to hear was they wanted to hear buildings. They wanted to hear campus. What are we going to do with the property? And what I kept talking about was passionate Christ followers. And, and it was funny because I, I saw the property. I saw the things that needed to be changed. It's, it wasn't like it was, I was oblivious to it, but I just felt like God so put in my heart, my, the first step of this church is to create a movement of passionate Christ followers who are going to follow Jesus anywhere, love him more than anything, love people, serve sacrificially, share the things that we've unpacked. This is the thing that has been in my heart. This is the thing I felt like God said, this is phase one. This is what, to become the right kind of people, and there will come a day when we will work on the outside, right? 
And, and I believe that day has come. That day has come. That now God's saying this is the next step uh, of the journey. Now, what will this look like? Well, phase one, I, I see phase one is really, like I say, an extreme makeover of our, of our campus. Inside, outside, uh, uh, children's spaces, youth spaces, adult spaces, to create a destination place that when you drive on campus, it feels more like you're driving up to a Starbucks or a Borders or a Simi Town Center or these kinds of spaces. Um, I mean, a kind of a radical redo of what we have. So it's more like comparing it to a home. It's a remodel of the home. It's not so much a adding on a lot of space or new buildings or whatever. It's a remodel. It's kind of, it's kind of what, that's just phase one of this thing. Um, in terms of timing, you know, one of the questions come, well, well, timing, uh, this is what we're still praying about. In fact, this is one of the reasons why this last month, I couldn't tell you all the details at the start of May, but this is one of the reasons that we've been fasting and praying all month, that praying for God's direction for the future is timing. You know, obviously, right now, we're in the midst of a very difficult economic time in our country, right? And so we're very aware of that. That's one thing. We're also very aware that God's on the move, and we sense this, this destination place is kind of part of our next step. And so we're trying to put piece those things together. We know some other things. We know that when a church goes into a major fundraising drive for something like this, that the general giving, uh, you may not have known this, but the general giving tends to go up across the board. So not only do people give to the project, but just because you're teaching on giving and, and the movement and so on, it's like general giving actually goes up. Uh, we know it's a great time to build right now because construction costs are down uh, right now. So you get a lot of cluck for your, your buck right now. We also know that throughout history, God has rarely waited until you have everything lined up before he asks you to step out and move. Have you ever noticed this? Like, you know, it's a, hey, the Red Sea's in front of us. You know, the Egyptians are behind us. be a nice time. Um, <laughs> you got any miracles for us? And so we're piecing this all together, but as elder board, we're continuing to seek and pray. Here's my hunch. My hunch is that within the next year, uh, you know, it could be, could be uh, fall, could be next, uh, after Christmas, but within the next year, uh, my, my, uh, my hunch is that we'll be coming back and saying we're sensing the time is now. We're continuing to pray uh, about that. And in the meantime, uh, you're going to be seeing, even over the summer and in the fall, you're going to be seeing some, some small minor changes around here that just begin to give us a taste and a flavor of what it, what it will look like. Uh, launching of a new website, an interim website that have a new look and feel, uh, so maybe some new signage things, just some things that begin to give a feel of what, kind of a, a foretaste of what that might look like. So we'll talk more about that later. That's number one. The first of all, to create a destination place, you need the place, right? And so that's where it begins. Now, number two. The second thing you need to create a destination place is the process. You need the right process. And, you know, what do you mean? Well, let me explain what I mean. Have you ever gone to, uh, have you ever gone to like, a, a new restaurant or maybe it's a new store? But let's, let's pick a restaurant. You go to a new store, and it's just, it's, it's an amazing experience, uh, a new restaurant, rather, amazing experience. Like, you go in, and it's just like you walk in, you go, this place is cool. You know, it's like the ambiance is like, oh, it's awesome. You know, I love that it's, it's like cool, and you just great vibe, great feel, great ethos. You kind of walk in, and it's just so cool. And then you serve your meal, you order, and, and it's great service, and, and the food is delicious, and it's just like, wow, this is great. So what do you do? You tell your friends, Right? You tell everyone you know, like, this is amazing. You got it over on this place, and you, got it, and, you, and you got to tell them about everything. You become a raving fan. You just tell them, like, this place. And so then what happens? About by three months later, you go back, and everyone's told their friends. And now it's like there's a line out the door, hour and a half long, right? And so now it's like, bummer. You know, it's like, it's, 
Now, you know, so you put your name in, and now you wait for an hour and a half, and you finally get in there, and then the service isn't so great anymore because they, they've had they expanded so much. They've had to hire new servers, and they didn't train them the right way because they're under, under time pressure. So service is poor. And, and then, you, you know, finally the food comes. You know, it takes forever to get the food because they have to new chefs and so on. that to train them. And so you can finally get the food, and, and now you get the food, and then the food's great. The food's great. The place is still great. And the food is still great. The product's still great. But the process was horrible. Yeah, with this, you see that like a, like a great experience isn't just the product or it's the place, it's the process, what it gives. And you know, churches are notorious for this, that, that churches have a great product, right? Like we've, we've got the message of Jesus, the changed life, we've got the Holy Spirit, you know, we, we, we've, got this, we've got this tremendous message to share with people. Um, but even if you create a great space, you have a great place, and even if you have a great product, but if the process to get there for a newcomer is bad, it's just like too painful. Like we'll put up with it because we are Christ followers and we're committed, but the new person's not going to put up with it. Right? It's, it's just too hard. It's too uncomfortable. Like, like let, me, let me walk you back. I don't know if you remember when you first came to Christ, uh, what it was like, or uh, the first time you came to church, but that's so interesting because of these welcome desserts that we have, uh, pretty much almost everyone that comes is coming to Rocky Peak right now is unchurched. Everyone that comes, but it's just the most awesome thing. Week, week after week, these Saturday night meetings I have, uh, last night was, was uh, no exception to this. Uh, the week before, no exception. It's like God's bringing people that are unchurched. They've never been to, in some cases, they've never been to church in their life. In many cases, like, well, when I was a kid, I, I grew up kind of Catholic. We didn't really go you know, or, uh, you know, I, well, I went till I was 12, then kicked the phrases. I haven't been in 30 years or 10 years or whatever thing is. You know, they're un- totally unchurched. And we forget what it's like to come to, ch- it can be very intimidating. And it's very confusing. You know, it's like you, you drive up the first time, and maybe you've got on the website, you get some directions, so you're following this thing. And you, you drive up the first time, and you come in, and then, you know, a lot of churches, like, there's, the signage is horrible. You don't know where to go. Like, it's, we're like a classic case of this. You, know, you, you come up here, first of all, you know you're coming to Charles Manson country, <laughs> right? So you're already watching the hills. Okay, I know they're around here somewhere, right? You, you're driving up, and then it's like we got this back entrance thing down here. You know, it looks like a service entrance. Uh, you know, it's not really clear. You know, what, do you go here? Do, I, what, do you keep going? You're on Iverson. You see a sign that was made in 1982 about this big. Church of Rocky Peak. Like, where do we go? You come up here to our main entrance, it says, do not come here, fire hazard, whatever. You know, it's just like a little sign. A little sign about this big, Church at Rocky Peak, you know, it's made forever ago. And like, I guess this is it. You know, you come in. used to be worse. You come in, it's like, it's a security, huge. Like, whoa, they're going to rip me off. This is a bad place, you know. You don't know where to go, so you wander around for a while. Maybe end up in the F lot. You know where the F lot is? It's out there, you know, in the world. Yeah, out there way out there, you know. You get out of your car, you don't know where to go. There's no sign saying you are here. <laughs> There's no greeters out there, right? You don't, you don't, so you just kind of start following the crowd. You come in, you got two little kids. Where are the children's classes? I don't know. You ask a couple people, who knows, you know. I don't know, try that building, try this building. Yeah, you're taking your little one, you're ragging them here, dragging them here. You finally get them in, they're crying, screaming because they're afraid of these new people, you know. Aren't you glad you came to church today? 
Now you're 10 minutes late even though you came 10 minutes early. You walk into, you finally get to the auditorium, you come in. It's the third song in, so lights are down. You know, it's all dark in here. You're already feeling insecure. You don't know where to go. Someone grabs you and says, would you like help for the seat? Yes, you're just hoping to be uh, anonymous, right? You just want to be flying the wall. You don't want to stand out. They lead you to the front row. If you're in most churches, what happens? You get done with the worship, you start teaching. The pastor assumes you all know everything. You know, turn to hesitations, 4-2. <laughs> can't, find, can't find it. You know, then you use all this big theological language, you know, what the heck's going on? You know, you get done, you don't know, we want some more information on the church, no place to go. You go back, struggle back, you get your kids. You go home, you're so exhausted, it's like... The, even if it was a great message or worship, it's like it's just not worth it, right? Or even if it's worth it for you, are you ever going to tell your friend at work, I went to this great church, you should try it? Like never, right? You see what I'm saying? So a church needs the right process. We, we need to be reaching out to people, you know, as if they were like our personal guests. Um, let, let me paint a little scenario here. Now, this is going to be a little far-fetched, but I think you can do this, Okay. I just want you to use your imagination. Okay, I'll tell you when we get to the far-fetched point, all right? Let's say this week you get a call. You get a call on your cell phone. And you pick it up. It's a, it's a restricted number. It's got you intrigued. She answers, say, hello. She says, yes, uh, this is Jesus. This is the far-fetched part. <laughs> and you're like, oh, come on, man. Like, who are you, really? No, it's Jesus. Jesus who? Jesus Christ. What? You never called me like this before. I know it's first time. You know, first, usually, I, usually I talk the other ways, but I just want to make sure I got it clear, so I use Verizon. You know, so <laughs> don't, you me- don't want you to mess this one up. And so, uh, and so, so he goes on to tell you that hey, this weekend I'm sending five five people to Rocky Peak for the first time. They've never been to church before. I've been working on these people their whole lives. They don't know it's me, but uh, I've created a spiritual hunger in their life through a series of events. I've got them coming. They're coming to Rocky Peak. And, uh, and I just, I want you to make the most of this. Would you just take care, would you, would you like welcome them as my personal guests? Would you make sure you take welcome because I, I want, that's my chance to speak to them. And I want to, I want to really speak to them this weekend. So would you, would you take good care of them? Wow, what would we do? What would you do? I, I know what you'd do, you'd be calling me. Hey, Mike, I just got a call from Jesus, whatever, you know. And you convinced me, no, no, it was really him. Uh, I didn't believe it either, but, uh, but he told me things about my life that no one else ever knew. And so it was really him, and I'm okay, good. You know, so we we'll are get on that. Say, well, what would we do? Man, we'd be all hands on deck, wouldn't we? And we'd be out there, we'd be cleaning the bathrooms. They smell nice. Be at first. And, and we'd, we'd, uh, we'd clean the place. We'd be picking up trash. We'd recruit new parking uh, tenants, make sure there's people out in every parking lot because we don't know where they're coming from, just to be out there, just in case someone asks where to go. We'd make sure, we'd, we'd talk to the information booth people, there's some new people coming, are y'all, are y'all squared up on this? You know where the first grade class is, second grade class is, nursery is, you, you, if everyone comes, you can tell them exactly where. We'd recruit some, some runners or some hosts so when new people come with their kids, they don't know where to go, we'd say, hey, we, we, can we just walk you to your classes instead of saying, well, it's down there around the corner, see where the little bush is. And... Uh, and so we'd walk them to their class. We'd have walk in their classrooms, and they, when they come back, you know, we'd be all ushers. We'd be prepped, you know, just to give give people space or help, whatever they needed. 
I'd be, during the announcement time, I'd be really reaching out to newcomers, making sure everyone's feeling comfortable. I'd be, I'd all, all, you know, I'd, I'd be on full alert, making sure I don't talk about anything that non-believers don't know about without explaining it first, you know, and uh, make sure I have my sandals on. You know, so, you know, just like everything, you know, would be on high alert, right? We, we would go all out. Now, why? Why would we do that? We would do that because Jesus sent these people. These are guests of Jesus, and we would give them VIP treatment, right? Wouldn't we? Okay, well, here's the thing, is that Jesus is sending people. Every weekend, and I met last night 13 of them that had just come recently. And the week before, I met 14 of them that have just come recently. And almost every one of them, almost every one of them has either never been in a church or not been in a church in a long, long time. And you hear their stories, and you hear how God has been working in their life to draw them to this place and how God is meeting them here, you see? So here's the question, are we going to be ready as God sends people, and trust me, lots of people in our future, are we going to be ready to greet them in the name of Jesus and to welcome them and to make them feel comfortable? Now, let me tell you that uh, just kind of two or three examples of how this might work out, uh, two or three things we've got planned. Uh, one, I mentioned that we're going to be doing unleashing a, a new uh, uh, website, and probably later this summer, it's going to be an interim website. It's going to have a new look, new feel uh, to reflect our, our times, new ethos, whatever, that, like I was talking about. Um, but it's also going to be very much designed with the newcomer in mind. That we, we, we feel like that mo- the way most people come to church today is through a website, right? That's the way they, they, they come. This is your first introduction. So we're going to put a lot of care into that, that they get the sense of feel of our church, the vision, the values who we are, what a service is like, how our children's ministry operates, how youth operate, so they can feel right away. Here's what, kind of get a picture, a mental picture. This is what to expect, right, so when, when they come. So that'll be one thing. A second thing we're going to be doing, this is a major thing, is we're going to be doing a major revamping of what we call our, our first impressions ministries. Uh, first impressions are all those positions that are especially there for, for newcomers, uh, parking lot, uh, attendance, uh, uh, security uh, people, greeters, uh, ushers, coffee cart, uh, information booth people, uh, all, these, all these sorts of people that are especially out there on the front lines of our process that are there. And, and so we're going to be doing a major recruiting and training so that we're all on the same page so that when a new, newcomer comes to Rocky Peak, that we're basically taking them from, by the hand. The first time they click on our website, we're taking them by the hand, treating them as Jesus' guests, and we're walking them in. So when they come in, they're greeted, there's directions, it's clear, there's good signage, they know exactly where to go, and they can just be prepared so they can we usher them in as these friends of uh, Jesus. A third example of this is just some minor tweaks to our weekend services. Uh, nothing major. You know that our weekend services are designed for uh, Christ followers. We're, we're trying to grow together, become, and, and that's going to stay the same. Nothing different there in terms of our worship, our teaching, or whatever. But one change we want to make is in the area of announcements. Uh, and I want you to stop and think of this. You know, when you walk in for the first time, you feel very much like an outsider, right? And there's a lot of things that churches do that create that. They, just, they, they, they make references to things that only insiders know about. Uh, they they, they uh, talk as if we all know everything. There's a lot of things we do that create an insider mentality that makes someone new feel like an outsider, like they don't belong. 
And so we've kind of worked really hard to, over the last few years to change that in terms of our worship style, our, our teaching, and so on, to be very inclusive for, for, for newcomers so they don't feel like that. But one area we really want to improve is in our announcement time. That typically our announcement time in the past has been more insider. Hey, we have, uh, uh, you know, uh, we have, you know, kind of uh, moms in touch here thing, or we've got this men's thing here. And it's like if you're a newcomer, it's like, what? I don't, like, what is all this stuff, you know? And so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing less announcements that are about their insider kind of programmatic things because uh, uh, we've got those information in the bulletins. We've got the information on the website. We're going to use that announcement time every week to really reach out to newcomers. We're glad you're here. Uh, we have a new starting. We, we're going to create a new uh, guest center that we're going to call Starting Point where they can get new information about the church, maybe some free gifts about the church, just kind of reach out to them. So every week we'll welcome them. We'll invite them to Starting Point if they haven't been there yet to get oriented. We'll invite them to what we're calling Next Step, which will be this kind of dessert thing at my house so they can get oriented uh, for that. And so we're, we're, we're going to be really uh, uh, kind of user-friendly for newcomers so that when newcomers come through the door each week, they'll, they'll feel like an insider, like they're wanted, like there's a place for them here. And so there's just some examples. We'll talk more. Uh, as time goes on, but just an example that the, we, we want to make sure the process, the process of someone coming to Christ here at this destination place is in place. So we got we have the place, we got the process. The third, number three, is the people. Um, and when I talk about people, I'm talking about you, talking about me. Is that sooner or later, when someone comes, they they come to this place that we're going to create, this destination place. It's got a great vibe. Um, they have a great process. We're taking care of them. You know, from the time they click on the website to the time they're in their seat, we're taking care of them. Great process. But sooner or later, they're going to sit down next to you. <laughs> right? Sooner or later, they're going to get coffee from the coffee cart. Sooner or later, they're going to go to starting point and get information. Sooner or later, they're going to bump into you coming out of the bathroom. You see? It's like we are Rocky Peak. We, we are the church at Rocky Peak. And to create a, destina- a great destination place, it's not only the place, it's not only the process, but it's the people. And this is one of the things that's always been our strength. Can I tell you this, that the people that come to my house over and over again, they talk about what a loving place this is that they've just never felt so loved as just coming in this building. And this has been our heritage, and we just want to continue to build on this, that every one of us, we realize we're on campus that weekend, that every one of us is representing Jesus. Every one of us is on his welcoming committee. And so when someone sits down for it, we need to be sensitive to them. We need to introduce them around if they're interested. We need to, to, to maybe, hey, we've got this thing called starting point. Have you been there yet? And would you like me to take you? You know, is there something I can do for you? Is there, uh, may you talk with them, there's a good connection. Hey, if you ever want to be in a life group, we've got a great one. We'd love you to come and join our life group. You see what I'm saying? That we would be a church that just, we're reaching out and constantly sending the message. Each of us takes that responsibility to reach out to people and to welcome them in and to bring them into the body, okay? So we got these the three elements. we got the place, we got the process, and we've got the people. Now, Let's do a little self-evaluation here as we do every week. There, the movement, where do you stand? Three quick questions. Number one, will you answer the call? 
Uh, this is the first question for us so as a church. We have to decide whether we're going to answer the call. Uh, I believe that God is, is calling us to create this destination place. And the question is whether we answer. You know, in your life group homework this week, you're going to be studying a couple times in Israel's history where God called them to, to, uh, to create a destination place, and they answered the call. Uh, the first is the, the building of the temple. The second was the story we started the day with. And they came back from Babylon, 70 years away. They come up with this, they feel like God's calling them to build this destination place, the temple. And they just throw themselves into it, and they, they raise the money, and they, they get the supplies, and they start to build. And then this sad story that they just lose focus. All of a sudden, it's 15 years later, and they have dropped the ball. And not only is there no spiritual destination place, because there is no spiritual destination place to meet with God, to meet with one another, their nation's falling apart. God's not blessing. Financially, they're in trouble. This is the world's a mess. And then God raises up this prophet by the name of Haggai. And Haggai comes and he challenges him. He said, this is why your life's in a mess. You need to create that place, that destination place. So you need to go up in the mountains and cut down the timber, and you need to answer the call, and you need to build this place and the people respond, and in four years' time, from 520 B.C. when the challenge went out to 516, they built it in four years. They created the destination place, and the nation began to thrive. God began to bless them again. Life got back on track. It's a beautiful story of a people responding to the call. Now, the question is, will we respond to the call in our time? You know, the last few months, I've been doing a lot of research in the history of this church, and there. This is an amazing church with an amazing history. And there have been times when this church has responded to the call. 1979, they had a chance to buy these se- the first 70 acres of our 115 acres here. First 70 acres for a young church of about 400 people. And they answered the call. And they bought the, the property. You move in the 1980s. And they answered the call. And they... They built the first buildings, a small auditorium, the, the education building, the, the portables. They answered the call in the 80s. In the 90s, they were growing, and they answered the call, and the people gave, and they served, and they built this auditorium that's our home that allows us to have a destination place today. But it's been a long time since a call has gone out for our main campus. There was a KFN project. But it's been a long time. It's been almost 15 years since the call has gone out to this church to take the next step to lead us into our future, to create a destination place. And I believe the time has come. And the the answer is, will we answer the call of God in our generation? Will, Will we go up in the hills? Will we buy the timber? Will we get the supplies? Will we create this space? I believe God is getting ready to unleash an incredible movement here at Rocky Peak. And this is one of the critical steps, not the only one, but it's the next one, that we would match the, the outside to the inside, that, 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 that there would be power in this as we share the message of Jesus in a fresh and relevant way with our culture, that everything about us, not only our message, not only our worship, not only our teaching, not only our programs, but our facilities, our buildings, our website, our graphics, the whole thing is saying loud and clear one message that Jesus Christ is alive and he's real and he's relevant for this time and this place and he has a message for you. And the question is, when will we answer the call? Now, if you haven't figured this out already, I'm not asking for money today. Okay? Sounds like I am, right? 
Sounds like I'm going to ask right now. I'm not asking for money, but I will. <laughs> I'll be coming back at some point and saying, hey, as we prayed, we believe now is the time. God's the call. And so you've got some time right now. You've got some time to think. You've got some time to pray. You've got some time to look at your personal finances. You've got some time to seek God and to get ready for this refurbishing, this great exchange, this, um, this extreme makeover of our campus. And I will come back in the future. And the question will be, are we ready to answer the call? Okay. Now, number two, the second question is, Are you focused on the inside or the outside? Uh, this is a question that we all have to answer. Uh, we talked about this. Churches, you know, start off, when they first start off, they usually focus on the outside. They're, they recognize they don't exist for themselves. They, they exist for those outside the movement, those who don't know Christ yet. And so churches start off well. But over time, most churches have a tendency to become ingrown, to become inward focus. It becomes about us and our programs and our likes and our dislikes and our comfort level. And, and the church of Jesus becomes more like an insider's club over time. It just happens. It's human nature. And from time to time, then God raises up a new movement and says, remind, he reminds a church what they're about and where they're going. And he says, I want to unleash something new, and you're all part of that. And there's people out there that need to know and need to hear, and they need a new life. And I'm calling you to reach them, and will you reach them? And that church rises up, and they, they get a new vision for their future, and it's a new era and a new day. And I believe we're there, that God is doing that in our church even now. He's raising up this movement. And the question is, will we have an insider focus or an outsider focus? And this takes in so much. But one of the key questions for us is, will we embrace outsiders when God brings them? And will we be willing to make the sacrifices? Because I promise you it will re require sacrifice. And not just financial. We just talked about destination. But will be other things. There's going to be a day when you come and someone is in your seat. Because they're brand new. They didn't know any better. They came on time. <laughs> so they just they showed up on time because they assumed that's when church was. They didn't realize 80% of you come in late, and they, just, you know, they, they didn't know. And so it, they're going to be in your seat. There's come a day where you're going to have to be the one parking in the F lot and taking our new little shuttles. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, the F lot. Oh, <laughs> The G lot, it's the new lot. Uh, the F lot, thank you, Jay. Uh, you're gonna be, and you're going to be taking one of our golf cart shuttles, you know, because, because uh, it's, it's a ways to go and it's not easy for you to walk, and so we're going to have a shuttle. You know, we'll, we'll have those shuttles for you, and then that'll be you. There, there'll come a day when God calls you to step out and lead a new life group, and it's just you don't want to do it. It's like you're, you're secure in your little safety zone, and you've got your little group of friends, and there's four of you in the same group. You all could be leading. But I just don't even want to do it because you're all just good buddies. This is so fun. We just come hang out, eat, you know, eat tacos. This is great. And God's going to start tapping you on the shoulder. And he's going to say, I need you to lead my people. I'm bringing people in. And the, the harvest is rich and the sheep are without shepherds. And you need to be a shepherd. You need to step it up. And, and God's going to call you to step out of your comfort zone. Right? You see what I'm talking about? It's funny how everyone wants to grow until you start growing. Then it starts messing with our space. 
And then we've got to start looking within and saying, is it about us on the inside or is it about them on the outside? You see, we've got to do a gut check. Are we followers of Jesus or are we churchgoers? What are we? You see, I follow it. Amen. That's good. I got one. Do I have a second? <laughs> Amen. Okay, number three. Third question is, are you ready to serve? And uh, we talked a few weeks ago about all of us using our gifts, and, and, of course, that applies today as well. But I'm talking about specifically, this won't apply to all of you, but apply to many of you. Uh, you know, we go to build this new, uh, not new buildings, but refurbish these buildings. A lot of you have skills. You're in the trades. You're, you, have, uh, you have skills. You have uh, abilities. And uh, we're going to be calling on you because uh, when we re- refurbish this place, we want to get the most cluck for our buck. And uh, we're working with consultants. That's their whole philosophy, and they're, they're with us on that 100%. So if we can use volunteers for part of the work, we're going to want to use that, you know, to save as much money as we can, to, to be as frugal and as faithful as possible. And so some of you will be calling on. Uh, another way of serving is this summer as we revamp and recreate and re-envision our whole first impressions ministry, go through all the trainings of that. The re- what does it look like to, to create a space where the friends of Jesus can come and just be welcome? And we'll be doing trainings and recruiting for all these areas. It takes a lot of people, parking lot attendants, more security people, greeters out in the parking lot, more information centers. It doesn't matter where you come from. You can find your information. Uh, Runners there to walk people to their classes with their kids, more greeters, more ushers, prayer teams. There's just a lot of things, right? It takes a lot of people to create a destination place. And so we'll be asking some of you. We're praying and we're looking right now. We're making lists of people that we think fit our criteria, people that are friendly, (laughs) Uh, people that like people. Now, if if that's not you, it's probably not the ministry for you. we got something else. But uh, that that are just kind of good with people and and, uh, loving God and loving this church and just great, you know. And, and so over the course of the summer, Dave Cox is kind of heading up his team, the First Impressions team right now. And they've got a whole team of people. And they'll be calling, and they'll be asking you to serve. And uh, when they call, I ask you to take that call seriously. Uh, the, the, the way you've looked at this in the past, you might say, oh, I don't want to do that. It's just not much responsibility, but it's just anyone could do that. No, no, you can't. We need some very special people, winsome people, that reach out to newcomers and have a, a knack for welcoming them without smothering them. You know what I'm saying? And uh, just, just create a, a warm place. And so when you get that call, I'm asking that you would be, you'd really take it seriously. You'd pray about that because we need this to create a destination place. So here we go, right? Three things it takes. It takes the place. It takes the process. It takes the people. And the question is, in our day, in our time, this is our time. Will we answer the call? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this chance to talk about our future in such tangible terms. God, the, the revisioning of our whole campus created a new, whole new look, feel, uh, space that will draw people and where people can meet with you. A whole new process to love the people you're bringing. Uh, 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 just a, a new mindset that we would all embrace, loving the outsider, making them feel welcome. God, we pray that we would do this, we would create this destination place for you, and you'd show us how to do this. We could share Christ in a powerful way uh, so that people can come to know you, and we pray this in your name. Amen.